BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is y'all's ghoulie, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Slash Radio. My name is Mikey Bones, and I am joined by Rob Humphrey and Kat Fedor. What's happening? Oi! Oi! Holy no, shit! No, 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 no. That's yeah. a Patreon thing. We're not bringing that over to the main episode. No. Oh, it's a Patreon thing for me. Kat is more than free to say oi. And once oi is out of the bag, you are going to offend our Australian listeners. Oh, they'll appreciate it. My oi brethren. They are not very appreciative people. I've heard. I th- yeah. Aren't they? If I were Australian, I would be happy every single goddamn day to be alive, because everything <laughs> over there wants to kill you. Yeah, it does. Everything wants to kill you, including the people. They're all criminals. <laughs> it's a whole criminal colony over there. My goodness. That can't... Th- Listen to the- your sentence, Rob, and tell me that that's more offensive than oi. <laughs> no, I think oi is much more offensive. Uh. <laughs> They're the one that say it. Don't they get mad at me for I? I am telling them <laughs> I enjoy the oi. I like it very much. I don't know family. if they do say it. I don't know if they say it either. To be honest with you, but I know I'll it find derives. Out. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, keep talking. I got <laughs> an Australian googling. Friend. Do Australians say oi? No, I've I've got an Australian friend. He has an Australian source. I do. Is, uh, that is I incredible. Do. It's him in a T-shirt that just says oi. <laughs> no, it's. It is not. How do you spell oi? Is this O-I? I thought it was O-Y. Could be I. But I say like, oi. You read. Uh, I don't I don't remember the last uh, 
Oi that I read. I would guess OI, but I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, really, they got nerve because Italians say oi vey. So did they take oi really? Is it really Italian originally? What are the origins of oi? I don't know about the origins. I will say Wikipedia says oi, parentheses, interjection. Uh, <laughs> oi is an interjection used in various varieties of the English language, particularly Australian English. Son so Wikipedia knows what's up. Damn. I was kind of hoping I could take claim to the oi. I sent him a message. I don't know if he's still awake. I have no idea what time it is in Australia. Also, speaking of oi vey, though, is that Italian was, or is that I Yiddish? Jewish. Yeah. I know a lot of Guineas that say oi vey. I don't know. I just assumed it was Italian. It sounds foreign, and I grew up hearing my grandmother say it. Oh no! All right. so, Your all Italian right. Jewish grandmother? Just <laughs> hold my grandmother a Jew. <laughs> it, I'm asking. It, it is three thirty in the afternoon in Australia, by the way. All right, good. Maybe, maybe he'll get back to me. Maybe he won't. He uh, might just ignore me. He's <laughs> a stupid American. He just come on with his day. I almost got kicked out of a Facebook group because I was having a conversation, or a band on Facebook because I was having a conversation. <laughs> I called myself a stupid American, and Facebook was like, this is an offensive comment. That is hilarious. <laughs> like, fuck you, Facebook. That is hilarious. Uh, before we move forward, I swear to God, this is a horror podcast. I swear to God. I know we're talking about what. Yeah. Uh, Rob, you wanted to bring up something about a horror yes. topic. What was it? Yes, I did. Okay, so we did an episode on house. What is it? The the house on Haunted Hill? Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the remake, right? Yes. Correct. I remember doing this episode, and I said a lot of really, really mean things about Chris Kattan. You did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You remember all this? Well, here we are Uh-oh. for a slasher radio first, uh, because when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Okay. And I uh, forgot that Chris Kattan is in a show that I absolutely love. Until I swear I was to watching God, if Chris Kattan day. was on Below Deck, I'm going to murder no, somebody. No, okay. I'd be mad too. <laughs> he was on a sitcom It's it, uh, called The Middle that I thought was absolutely hilarious. I used to love this show. And I was watching an episode the other day and Chris Kattan showed up and I was like, holy shit, I forgot that he was on this show. So, yes, um, I like Chris Kattan. There we go. I'm so relieved that's what it was, and not someone, not like a Chris Catan stan calling us out. <laughs> oh, I did get an answer from Tim also. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, he said yes. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. We oi, do. Oi, oi. Yeah. 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 See, so and, and ask him too if he if he gets offended by American Jews and oi. All right, hold on. <laughs> Rob's tech texting back please say that you get offended (laughs) bastard uh yeah i mean man and you know there was uh i see nope i I did see nope tonight uh there was you have to go to the movies did i have to yeah i did i went Uh, you don't go to the movies ever i even texted you saying that i was late and everything and thought you'd appreciate it i didn't know what you were talking about (laughs) i was just like uh uh what the hell was- oh yeah there there was a not many spoilers but uh there was a there were props to chris Kattan in that movie so yeah chris Kattan, man that's not the one chris Kattan's a great actor great actor chris Kattan was he wasn't a nope he wasn't but remember they they talk good about chris Kattan. 
Did they? I don't yeah. remember that. Okay. All right. Well, yes. anyway, yeah, he was on the middle and um, I was wrong about him. He He's actually very funny on that show. He's very funny, um, period. So, all right. I, I accept Chris Kattan. Oh, I'm sure he's thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the day he's he's finally been waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Probably definitely worth millions. And he's got Rob Humphrey's approval, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. We got a, we got a pretty cool show coming to coming your way. We're going to hit up hard news shortly. Uh, we're talking about, uh, we got Oh, this is a Patreon pick too. It yeah. is a Patreon pick. Yes. A Patreon pick. So, uh, we're going to get to that, uh, interesting movie coming up. Uh, we're going to get through everything else. The Patreon's pick that didn't get selected. Uh, we have a text message. Oh, people really uh, preferring the text message, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all right. Text message is good. Yeah, yeah, it's better than nothing. Um, uh, we can get to that now. Actually, get that out uh, of the way. Oh. Wait, no, drink roll call. Oh shit! Right, right. Drink roll call. <laughs> okay, want we'll to start us off? You guys, I- I'm not drinking it. I'll tell mine. It's shit. Uh, I have that orange vodka can crush thing still. You're still drinking that? I still got, <laughs> dude, I can't get rid of it. Uh, I, I did mix it this time because it tastes like shit, as everybody remembers. I mixed it with cranberry juice, and Oof. that that helps a lot. You know, you can't just dump it down the sink and go get something else. <laughs> I got one. I might throw the last can. I couldn't throw yeah. two cans away. Yeah, you, you know. can just get rid of it. Yeah, mine's not real exciting either. I'm drinking uh, what is sort of my old standby of beer. Okay. Um. It is the Sam Adams Boston Lager, uh, which is just a, a really great taste in beer that uh, I like. And it's my standby because you can find it pretty much anywhere you go. Like you go to a bar or restaurant you're not familiar with. You can almost bet they'll still have Sam Adams. Um, and uh, it's a it's a really great beer. And it makes an excellent shower beer. What? The shower beer. The fuck? What? The beer, the beer you drink in the shower. <laughs> okay now see hold on i felt stupid because i was like what the hell run that by me one more time because i thought it was a different term like what do you mean a beer you drink in the shower a beer you drink in the shower i thought that was like a scotch thing <laughs> who drinks in the shower sometimes you wake up and you want a beer and you need to take a shower when i mean i haven't <laughs> done it in a long time like the last time i really had a shower beer was probably in college but still are you bullshitting me is this a term for something else no, yeah it's a thing people do no i've never heard this in my life it's nice too because you get a nice hot shower going and you got a nice cold beer it's good holy shit <laughs> okay uh cat did you say what you were drinking yet i'm i'm very no okay. i've got margarita in a jug whoa, whoa you found a jug <laughs> i found just like a jug that says margarita suspiciously on it i'm very happy <laughs> i'm very proud of myself i've had a lot of suspect margarita today wow where do you get margarita in a jug and what was I- your reaction when you seen it um so it was actually something that my mom brought home for me i think she found it at our gas station Ooh, uh, gas station margarita, gas station margarita in a dr- in a jug uh i i don't know where she got it from um i asked her if she would pick me up like a fun drink and then we had like a 15 minute discussion because we had to go through like what was and was not a fun drink and then i regretted using that adjective 
Mm-hmm. Uh, cause we were, we were bouncing back and forth and I was like, you know, the Jack Coke in a can, if you find it. And then it was like, or margarita in a can or like whatever you find in a can. Uh, but she really latched onto the margarita and she came back with just a like big plastic jug that says margarita on it. Nice. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Nice. You delivered. <laughs> yeah. I thought when booze came in a jug, it just had X's on the side. That's what I thought yeah. also. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's exciting. All right, margarita in a jug. I've never margarita even seen that. Margarita in a jug. Wow. Uh, All right. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know if that's ever going to be topped on this show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, margarita in a jug. I've heard it all. Uh, all right. So let's get into the voicemail. Well, text message <clears throat> for this week. Uh, if you want to call or text the show, you trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. The number is nine one seven three nine seven kill nine one seven uh nine one seven three nine seven five four five five uh and anything show related horror related you want to get off your chest uh we will play it or read it on the show like you're about to hear now we will discuss it this text message is from miki member of the slash radio patreon oh yeah miki yeah miki uh he said starting off i just want to say how much i love the show i listen to it like all day at all day every day at work Thank you guys for the work and the effort that you you all put in. I have questions already, but okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, first, uh, he said he has a recommendation for Cat. First being Tag 2015 and Suicide Club 2001. Uh, they're so fun and both J-horror. I will say, uh, we were talking about J-horror not that long ago. We were, That's not true. We were talking about... Um, Patreon picks, I think, when Tag came up, there was a teeny tiny part of my brain that thought it was like the Jeremy Renner movie. <laughs> oh yeah, like and the I comedy was like, with I I almost threw fits. I was like, why the hell is this on? Uh, is this being considered? I had to look Tag up. Uh, Suicide Club is pretty good though. I I like that one, and I I'll give Tag a shot if I can find a copy. Okay. Not the one with Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I've already given that one a shot. I was disappointed. <laughs> Rob, mm-hmm. uh, Mosquito Man, 2005, Jesus Christ, and Death by Temptation, 1990. The first one is self-explanatory, yeah. Uh, and the second one is uh, about a hot succubus. And he put, so, dot, dot. Wow. Yeah, I've seen Death by Temptation. I liked it quite a bit. It sounds like you did. Yeah, I've never seen Mosquito Man, but I'll look into it. Sound questionable. That does sound like a Rob movie, though. I think he's kind of on point with that. And then, um, not a big fan of this part of the message. Mikey, dot, dot, dot. I know you don't like too many good movies. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just rewatch Stephen Kang's Sharks of the Corn. Stephen Kang's Sharks of the Corn. That movie sucked. I will never watch it again. but. Yeah, Mosquito Man. If you're Mickey, if you're recommending Mosquito Man, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm questioning your your viewing of movies. Oh, I'm not. I'm gonna have to check Mosquito Man out. Oh. Uh, by the way, we've we've heard back from Tim. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is Tim Davis. He he's a, a co-host of uh, Horror for Dummies. By the way, a podcast. Boy, nice. Um, he says that uh, they don't get offended by anything, and you know what? I think he <laughs> might be right, actually, about Australians. I think so too. Yeah. So, um, that is uh, that is it. 
uh, I guess you guys can continue to say oi, and <laughs> I can continue to be annoyed by it. Nice. Oi. Oi, oi. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to make a video of, like, you know those seagulls from Finding Nemo? Was that the one where they just repeat something? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I've never yeah. seen Finding Nemo. I don't know. But they, I know there's seagulls in some cartoon movie where That's they just Finding kinda... Nemo. Yeah. What do they say, Kat? You know? Mine. Oh, yeah. I mine, think. mine, mine, mine. Just mine, do one with. Oi, 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 oi. Great. All right. So, I mean, yeah, that, that, what? I'd like a ton of good movies. Will you watch? Here's my question. I know you didn't like Stephen King's Sharks of the Corn for some mysterious reason. Will you give Shark Side of the Moon a chance now that you know it has sharks and bikinis? Well, I didn't know it had sharks and bikinis. <laughs> It does have sharks and bikinis, so I've heard. I've not had time to watch it yet. No, uh, no, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> like, I, look, I, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm probably going to have to watch the fucking thing eventually because of Patreon and whatnot. So, like, I've come to terms with that. But I mean, no, I'm not gonna. I know I'm not gonna like it. It's just there's nothing to give a chance. I'm gonna be miserable. You you don't know that. There are sharks in bikinis. Where else are you going to see that? This is what he does. He prejudges movies, so then he goes into them with a bad attitude already. It's the same thing that happened with Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. He went in with a bad attitude. That is not at all what happened. You've got to have fun. You've got to learn how to have some fun. How do you go into that with a good attitude, is the question. I did. I had fun. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to move right on past that. <laughs> I don't have anything for it. Uh, So you guys want to get into the news? Let's do it. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It's time to hump the news with Rob Humphrey. He's not a genius. Uh, first thing up, not not really much to talk about here. Resident Evil, uh, Dead by Daylight released. They have a new killer. It's Wesker from Resident Evil. I think it's fucking stupid. He's OP as fuck. You know, it's just... I hate everything about the game and the killer. I could beat you. Mm. You just hide, Mikey. I've tried. We've been over this. You just hide, wait for everybody else to do all the work, and then run out. Mm. Uh, moving along, uh, Dead by Daylight fans, congratulations. Uh, Jaws, Rob, you'll be able to speak on this a little bit. Uh, they're going into IMAX mm-hmm. and 3D mm-hmm. uh, nationwide this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost seen this today, but it was sold out. Uh, so that that did you see this yet, Rob, or no? I saw it Thursday night. Oh, nice. So how did it look? It's amazing. Uh, I went into it not expecting a whole lot. I don't know. I was trying. I don't think I've ever seen Jaws on the big screen, so I was kind of excited to see it. But then I heard it was in 3D, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't know if I want to watch this." But, you know, the conversions usually look like crap, and this movie wasn't meant to be in 3D. So I don't know. 
I, I don't really understand the point of the whole 3D thing, but all right, whatever. I'll give it a shot. And uh, it was fantastic. It looks great. And uh, the 3D does sort of add something to the movie. I mean, you can see sort of just the vastness of the ocean and everything, and it looks just absolutely gorgeous. It's such a well-shot movie anyway. And the 3D adding the depth to the shots, it just looks fantastic. I feel like uh, more recently for 3D movies, like they'll use the 3D to enhance instead of like actually, you know, eyeballs roll to your face. Stuff, right, you yeah. Know? yeah. Smart yeah. way to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, I highly recommend it to anybody. It, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. Right. And it's Jaws, so, you know, that's fun. How did they do it, though, man? Like, I don't understand how they make them look like, you know, 3D and, and like, I, even the 4K stuff. You know, how do you convert an old-ass movie like that to 4K? It's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they do all that, but, I mean, they've been doing up conversions to 3D for a long time. I mean, they did it with, um... I, I know Piranha 3D, when it came out, um, they ended up having to do a post-conversion on that because the underwater stuff was too dark for 3D cameras. It didn't look good on a 3D camera, so they had to they had to film that with regular cameras and then convert it post-production. Uh, I had wanted to go see it, but I it was one of those things where I was going to have to drive quite a ways for a theater that was showing it. And nobody wanted to go with me, um, so hmm. I well, I was easily demotivated from this one. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm really glad I saw it. It really looks good. I will say I am really glad that I've seen Jaws on a big screen. I think if I had not already had that experience, I would have tried harder to go. I would like to see it in the 3D, but mm -hmm. I missed it. Missed out on that one. Fair enough. Yeah, I would have been seeing it today, too, but again, it's sold out. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, coming to theaters is Trick or Treat for the that Halloween. That one I'm going to try really hard to see, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they're throwing it on there. Uh, according to Regal's website, Trick or Treat will be playing in theaters Thursday, October 6th. So I guess yeah. going for... I hope it's not one day. There was like a thing for that... Um before the Jaws screening. They also um, had a, a like a trailer for a re-release of Poltergeist. Oh. Which is going to be happening, I think, at the end of September. That's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm there for it, man. I might try and catch it, but uh, Halloween, like, it's always blown my mind how companies don't take advantage. Yeah. Like, throw Halloween, you know, Michael Myers and everything, throw that in there. There's so many movies, Trick or Treat is perfect. You can make so much money on it. Mm -hmm. You know, like people will, and, and it's not like you're doing it year round. Like just once a year, you throw some. Everybody wants to go see a scary movie in the theater. Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what uh, I, I wonder how much of they're they're taken from drive-ins during the pandemic because drive-ins yes. did a lot of that kind of stuff. Or at least the ones around here were showing a lot of classic horror movies um, during the pandemic when you know you couldn't go to the theater. And I mean, I saw. I, I know I saw Evil Dead and Army of Darkness at the drive-in. Um, I went to one that was a, a triple bill of Friday the 13th, Halloween, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, so they did a lot of that during the pandemic at drive-ins. And I wonder if the movie theaters were like, well, it worked for them. Let's try it during the quote-unquote spooky season. Yeah. Genius. I hope it 
goes well and that they keep doing it because it's nice to have a chance to see those classics on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and trick or treat, I guess. <laughs> hey, also, modern classic, but it's it's different. <laughs> Are you yeah. gonna be mean to trick or treat? No. Okay. I'm going out to see it. I just, you know, it's it's a different situation. I don't think they learned that from the drive-in. It would be oh. something with uh, if the box office report comes out and, and Jaws is in like the top ten, <laughs> right? Right. Never I wouldn't that. be surprised. Jaws, like, when I went to see it um, a few years ago, it was, like, sold out. And it was the same with uh, Silence of the Lambs was just, like, completely packed. Mm-hmm. Speaking of classics, not that this derives from a classic, unfortunately. <sighs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I can't wait for yeah. this. Blood oh, my God. It looks honey. so awesome. Is this the official trailer that came out? Yeah, did you watch it? No. It looks so amazing. I'm really excited. Uh, this is going to be such a great time. I cannot wait. I'm looking at it. Oh, this is a two-minute fucking trailer. Oh, my God. They have the drop down to the trees. Let's not go. <laughs> I'm not I hope they put it in theaters, but I don't know. I don't think they will. And isn't it like Winnie the Pooh is like free reign anybody can it's, do anything is public, it's public domain, domain which yeah. is amazing. one of the reasons why i'm really excited to see that the first thing that happens when someone when something like this enters <laughs> the public domain is that it gets a horror movie like i hope that's a trend we see forever yeah um i'm waiting for the great gatsby slasher because that went in at the same time and it's like where is it guys <laughs> okay i have questions uh First, I want to just address, because I'm looking through the trailer now. Uh, Eeyore is not public. I know there was a character that was they couldn't touch. Well, in the in the trailer, there's a sign that just says uh, R.I.P. Eeyore or something right. like that. So yeah. I figured that's why. they. I don't know how. They, how does the public domain work? So a hundred years after the death of a creator, if there aren't lawyers or family members like taking legal action, something will automatically enter the public domain. But a very important distinction is that because uh, there was the cartoon, there was a very famous Winnie the Pooh cartoon, all of the characters created for that are not in the public domain. It's just the original Winnie the Pooh story that has entered the public domain. Okay. So People didn't want their hands in that? That's big money, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, you could have maybe charged out some money for this. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I I wish I could tell you guys that I, I did some looking, but I mean, I just can't with this. This is fucking dumb. <laughs> if you're not excited about this movie, Mikey, I don't know what to do with you. He doesn't like fun. It's, it's yeah, it, you're like a <laughs> black hole for joy. It's fucking somebody. It's a dude in a Winnie the Pooh mask. Dude, it looks awesome. It's gonna be great. Like they didn't even bother to make him look like a bear, like body wise. It's, I don't know. It's fucking weird. I, I can't. I can't watch a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. I just can't do it. So, uh, but yeah, it is funny as hell that the first thing someone does with it is this. Like, who the fuck would have thought? Uh, but is this is? I don't know how much you guys know about it. Like, this is like an indie film gone big with attention, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I respect that aspect of it. But goddamn, guys, you had to do Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <sighs> okay, uh, we got a two-parter here. 
Uh, on to something good. Terrifier 2. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> the poster is out. And, uh, you know, it, it's cool to post or whatever. But uh, the interesting thing that I find here is it's from a dude named Creepy Duck. And uh, let me see if I can find his Twitter. Uh, of course, bloody disgusting. Oh, hey, come on, guys. Uh, Creepy Duck. I'm looking up his Twitter now. Okay. Uh, at Creepy Duck Art is uh, not for Art Clown. Dude makes like he's made a bunch of screen mock-up posters that look like he just does posters for movies. And mm-hmm. it looks like this is his I don't know. I'm sure other companies have had him do posters for their stuff. His shit's really good. But for what I can see, this is like his first big movie official. You know, he got paid to do an official poster and it looks great. So good for him. I was listening to a podcast this week and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was now. Um, but <laughs> they were talking about horror movies. I don't think it was a horror movie show or God, at least I hope it wasn't. They were talking about horror movies that they had watched like fairly recently. And one of the hosts was like, I watched this really creepy clown movie. It was like this guy, his name was like Arthur the Clown. Oh my God. And uh, I laughed so hard because uh, the idea of the character being named Arthur really uh, struck me as funny. Did they confirm that it was Terrifier or is there an indie movie I don't know about somewhere with <laughs> Arthur the Clown killing people? Because I need to see that. <laughs> no, I did. I believe uh, the host uh, also did call it The Terrifier. Damn it. Is it a horror right. podcast? <laughs> I don't think it was a horror podcast. Although for the life of me, I cannot remember what show it was. I hope not. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I listen to very few non-horror podcasts, so you'd think I'd be able yeah. to recall which one it was, but I, I can't. Probably a wrestling podcast. It, it sounds, yeah, that that sounds right. I listen to a lot of those too. Were you on a wrestling podcast recently? Was I on a wrestling? No. Oh. Why? <laughs> There's oh. some dude who was like tweeting to listen to you and them on some wrestling podcast. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. no. That's a. Uh, they do their podcast, but they also do uh, like it's a recording of their YouTube live show. Oh. So I was like just hanging out in the chat. I like those oh, guys. Okay. Yeah, it's an AEW show. Okay. I, I replied to that guy telling him, like, I think I prayed for him that he had to talk to you. This is that guy likes me. He's out of his mind. <laughs> Question his judgment. Yeah. Um, huh. So anyway, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see the uh, Terrifier 2 poster. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, also, Terrifier, the original, is... Uh, uh, okay, it's on Screenbox now, but, but hold on. The the article title is Terrifier Original Cult Classic. Slasher is now streaming on Screenbox. Brad, Brad Mishka from Bloody Disgusting, let's calm down. I love Terrifier. It, my New Year's resolution was to stick up for the Planet Terrifier. It's not a cult classic yet. Here's the thing. I think something can be... And correct me if I'm wrong about this. I This is how it works in the in more literary circles where things can be cult classics or they can be instant classics, but you can't have like Terrifier is very modern. I feel like to be a cult classic. Yeah. I, I can see it achieving that status someday, but I don't think we're there yet. It's also very bad to be considered a classic of any kind. <laughs> so oh, there's that. Not. That's not bad. I mean, it's and plus, it, I can see the cult thing because people really did kind of latch on to Art the Clown and Terrifier, but I don't know. It was more of like a mainstream thing too. 
Because, like, when I watched the first time I seen Terrifier, my Uncle Stevie, Stevie Juice, is the one who showed it to me, who is, like, a mild horror. He likes horror, but he's not, like, you know, a horror fan. Yeah, I mean, when I think of uh, somebody with the pulse of mainstream culture, I think of Stevie Juice. Right. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he knew what it was, man. That you know that that's what I'm saying. It wasn't something like you seen on Just Bloody Disgusting. It was like, oh, let me check it out, or like horror Twitter and stuff. Like my uncle <laughs> told yeah. me told me about it. So it should I, have been I, hidden away. I, that's not nice. Okay, uh, let's go to this first, guys. I am so happy. Did you see? the killer clowns from outer space game that's coming out i saw there was a game yeah. i didn't see anything about it because it's like one of those play with other people games yep <laughs> okay I, and i know how you guys feel about it but first of all this thing came from out of fucking nowhere that's number one mind blown second of all this is made randy greenback uh who has appeared on this show um uh me and him have been talking especially lately he will make an appearance on this show in the next month or so uh, he worked for Gun Media. He worked on Friday the 13th. He was the executive producer. Uh, looking at images of this game, it looks very Friday the 13th y. And I, I could not be happier with this thing, man. Like, it, it looks like we know the passion that went into Friday the 13th, very franchise first. And uh, I, I am so happy that this game, like, this is going to be fun. When you say it looks Friday the 13th-y, what do you mean by that? Because Killer Clowns could not be further from Friday the 13th in my mind. As far as the games, like the, the characters, like the survivors, look uh-huh. kind of like you can tell okay. there's, you know, there's influence from each game. So the characters look the same. Their their facial expressions look the same. Uh, it is part of it is like kind of sort of located in an area where there's some woodsy stuff. So that kind of looked a little Friday the 13th. Okay. But just more so, Friday the 13th, the game. All right. Yeah. All right. That, so, that sounds okay. Right. Yeah. You can tell he worked on with, with them on Fridays. My point. Uh, this is fucking great. All right. I mean, I hope you enjoy playing it. You're not even going to get it just to check it out. No. Really? I don't like the games where I have to play with other people. I'm just, I don't like those games. I, I bought Friday the 13th, and I, I liked it, but I hardly ever played it. And Dead by Daylight, I got, and I virtually never play it. I think I played the most I've ever played is the time I played with you. Yeah. And I, I proved how I was awesome at it. You sucked. I was incredible. You sucked. Uh, yeah, I am super, super excited for this. It came from out of nowhere. I, uh, the way I found out, too, is I got my uh, cotton candy gun, which I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, tweeted pictures of it and whatever. And, uh, someone was like, oh, just in time for the game. I was like, what? And I seen it and shit my pants, like, on site. I couldn't believe it. Gross. Awesome. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> what you get for playing around with a cotton candy gun. <laughs> yeah, right. Makes you shit your pants. Cat, I know, like, do you at least, can you at least appreciate a cat? I, so, I guess, yeah. Okay. I, I do think that we're coming to a point with these style of games, and this is I, this is just how I feel about it. If people are having fun, I hope they keep doing them because other people's enjoyment is more important than my need to understand the video game world. But 
I do have to wonder, because it does just seem like there's very similar gameplay in all of these horror game franchises that are coming out. I wonder, even if I like the genre of game more and the multiplayer aspect, if I wouldn't be getting bored of them at this point. Because it feels like a lot of this is kind of like reskinning of the same game mechanics. And I, it makes me nervous, because it's like, I'm... I have a fear that if people get tired of this, then the horror remakes, or the horror remakes, the horror, like, games are going to die out. And that, because I would, I would like to see them expand to the point that they get into genres that I would rather play. So I, I was a little bit anxious watching the trailer for the game, because it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that, but. Uh, it, it's a weird space, right? Because, like, Friday the 13th, even with it in its state, is still very active. You know? And, you know, Dead by Daylight is thriving, as much as I hate to admit it. Evil Dead, not so much. You know, very much on the downside. Evil Dead, but very different from Friday, Dead by Daylight, and what looks like this. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It makes I, me nervous, but I do... I More than anything, I, I hope that people that would buy the game enjoy the game you know yeah and i think we're gonna see the test of your because I, I never thought of that. that's a great point the test of that is uh it's going to be this game killer clowns and also texas chainsaw massacre yeah if, if those can stick around and you know be viable viable choices in the horror game because there's really not much that's the thing too there's not many choices but i mean we got stuff like a quiet place is going to be a one-player game yeah, there's still enough of those cat. I mean, like yeah. super massive, the games they're making. Well, yes, like the, yeah. You know, the quarry and the dark anthology stuff that they're doing. Is... I'm not worried so much about like original horror games. I feel like that's carved a niche in to the point that, you know, I'll have options. But I do worry about like, because I would have loved a single player mode in Evil Dead. I would, I'd kill for there to be a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game that I was interested in, you know, and it's like... Mm -hmm. The big movie the franchise, franchise is going yeah. all to the same singular type of gameplay has me really nervous that like yeah. when that gameplay goes out of style, we're going to be done with the big franchise stuff. And it's like, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. We'll see. We'll see how, you know, because these two coming up, these are two big titles. These are going to be the test. If, and Evil Dead, too. Like, I was excited for that. And it kind of wampled. Evil Dead is so, it's such a hard game. Like, and yeah. that was, uh, I guess Evil Dead was kind of another thing that had me worried about it because it does seem like it's the most different and it's the one yeah. that isn't performing as well, I feel like. Yeah. I don't see a lot about it anymore and I don't know. There was news on it actually and I kind of passed up on it. Oh, know? yeah? Because it, yeah. it, no one's really thought they're bringing remake characters in. Mm. Like, all right, well, okay. Last time I tried to play, it took me quite a while to get a lobby, you know, so... I don't know. So, uh, speaking of um, Evil Dead, I don't know if you had this, Mikey, or not, but did you see Evil Dead Rise has a release date now, finally? I did not. I heard something about that and forgot it. What is that it's, date? It's It's been pushed. It, it will be out April 21st, 2023. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. But at least we finally have a date. Up until now, it had always just been later this year. Yeah. Um, it's been pushed back. Now, I don't know if that's going to be a theatrical release or not, because there was talk of putting it in theaters. Um, I hope so. I'd love to see it in theater. Yeah. I hope but, so, too. 
And yeah, there was some. I did see that there was something about test screens. I think oh. you told me. Yeah. Now Collider no. says that the Collider headline um, says that uh, Evil Dead Rise has been moved from HBO Max to theatrical release. Oh wow. Okay. So that might be the reason they had to push it back. They had to find a theatrical window for it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh-huh. while we're on that topic, uh, it's been announced since last we recorded, I believe, that uh, uh, Halloween ends going to be on Peacock. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right there on the. Love giving me more work. Love it. Uh, by the way, too. Uh, damn, I should have horror quartered you for this. I might still. You went through an entire thing on this horror life. I believe Cat was there <laughs> talking about Pika. You didn't say <laughs> or the even once. You know who edits those shows? <laughs> but you didn't say son of a bitch. But you, we had this very argument, and you said, "Oh, I'm sure I've said it." You literally on uh, recently. On this horror life, maybe this week or the last week, did not. You went through a whole conversation in your news segment about Peacock, not one poor freak at all. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you know who edits that show. Well, what do you have to say for yourself? You say you're the same on both shows. What do you have to say? I am. I'm exactly the same on both shows. I'm not Making... interested in creating more work for myself, though. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Oh, <laughs> hey, just, just wanted to point that out. Don't think that went unnoticed. <laughs> and I sat there. I knew it, too. I'm like, he's not going to fucking say it. Let's see. And I waited the whole thing. And he did. I said, motherfucker didn't say it. I knew it. Now, are you going to go to the theater and see Halloween ends? Or are you just going to watch it on free? I don't know, man. It was kind of sweet deal to blanket up and, and watch it at home. Yeah. And again today. Like, I went to the theater today, man. Like, kids walking in and out. Shit. Ah, fuck. Yeah. Theater etiquette's becoming a problem. <laughs> it's been a problem. I never had. I don't have these issues. The one time I did, I just farted those kids away. My chair was broke. <laughs> it's a mess. Your chair was broke. Yeah, I sat down and it reclined instantly. Oh. I was like, "Whoa, okay." And then I tried to get actually comfortable, and then it unreclined, <laughs> like halfway. And I'm like, "Okay, well, let me." I couldn't get it to go back up, so I'm like, "All right, let me mm-hmm. close it." It wouldn't close. You couldn't move. I mean, I could move, but it, the, the the leg part wouldn't move. Uh-huh. So then it it ended up closing almost all the way, but not all the way. And my OCD was annoying me. It was a fucking <laughs> mess. Yeah. I don't. I never have these issues at the theater. Oh, Jesus I, You know, I'll be there at the theater to see Halloween ends. Yeah. Oh my God. Um. Last thing I wanted to talk. This is a long news segment. Last thing I wanted. To, this shit has to be spoken about, though, especially this. I want to get you guys' thoughts because I've been looking forward to talking to you guys about this all week. Hellraiser. We gotta look Hellraiser. At, we gotta look at, at Jamie Clayton as Pinhead. Yes. I didn't see it. You just I'll send it to you now. I don't like it. And now, and I say that everybody knows how much of a, you know, I don't like change guy I am. It's just not Doug Bradley and I, I I don't like it. Cat? I have concerns. No. But I am very on board. Here's my main concern is because in the book the Cenobites didn't have gender. Uh and I would love to see and I've been saying since uh since she was cast, I've been saying that I think it's a really good 
opportunity to kind of play with that aspect of the lore from Hellraiser and dig deeper into the novella. I do really concern that they're going too far in the opposite direction. Like, not from this picture that, uh, not, not from, like, the main picture on the thing, but from some of the other ones, it looks like they're actually, like, they're trying to make her look more feminine. Which, I, I would love to see them stick with the gender-neutral Cenobites. That being said, I think it's going to be, I think uh, this would be the same with whatever design they did. I think it's going to look better in motion than it does in stills. Like, even when you look at pictures of, like, the OG Cenobites, they're not as cool in the photos as they are in motion. Right. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried, but I'm trying to remain optimistic about it. Fair. Because I want it to be good. <laughs> Fair. Rob? Huh. Um, I don't know. It, it looks okay. I was looking up pictures of just her, and she is hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she, like, I don't know if you noticed her eyes or not, but she got the crazy in there. (laughs) And um, you can't really see her eyes in these pictures that I'm, this picture that I'm seeing of her is is Pinhead. Hopefully they'll focus a little on those crazy eyes. Oh, she does have crazy eyes, though. Oh, my God. She got them eyes. uh, (laughs) um, So, I, I don't know. I mean... I'm only seeing this one picture of her as Pinhead, and it looks fine to me. I mean, it's better than that replacement guy they had in that one movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. better than yeah. him. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to the show, you know. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, and I, and I think Kat's right, too. I think seeing it in motion and actually with her, you know, talking and moving and stuff will probably be a lot better than just, you know, still. Yeah, that's why I'm holding out. I don't like Uh, what I see so far, but I'm holding out. Because, you know, I was on board for it. If it's not going to be Doug Bradley, I just hope it's done right. But, you know, this is my initial seeing it, and I'm like, all that goes through my head is you're not Doug Bradley. And, you know, I'm just that guy. (laughs) Change is hard. (laughs) It's very hard. And I, I, going back to Bobby, who I would give him credit because he was like always willing to to like even Freddy Krueger in the remake. He was like, you know, let's see what he's got and, you know, all that shit. And like, I'd get mad at him. I'd be like, no, man, we're supposed to. But, you know, he's right. And it's a like, it's, it's not going to be Doug Bradley no matter what. So, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be Doug Bradley. Yeah. So we'll see. I just hope that she I, I, I really hope that this is the like book accurate pinhead. I. 20 years from now, I want to remember this as the book-accurate pinhead, not <laughs> as the chick pinhead, you know? Like, that's yeah. my biggest fear about, like, how this is going to be remembered. And actually, honestly, if we could step away, I guess, from calling her pinhead uh, and start calling her the engineer, that would probably help. I should start doing my part for this. What, is like that, that what they're, they're calling her in that? That's that's what it was in the book. Um, oh, I hate that. No, it's been yeah. him. All right, yeah, you lose that argument. No. I just sent a picture of Jamie Clayton, too, um, out of Crazy makeup. Eyes. And look at those eyes. Let's take a look. That's the kind of crazy you want right oh, there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay. Mikey, while we're looking through... Oh, boy. <laughs> she could have a slashy in her future if they focus a little bit on her eyes. We'll see. That's uh, while we're looking through the chat, I'm sure you saw, I sent, mm-hmm. um, 
a meme from one of our listeners. From one of our anonymous listeners. <sighs> what? Why are they anonymous? I... I can't reveal my sources is why they're anonymous. <laughs> this is irritating. This is truly irritating. Journalistic integrity. What makes me happy is that that's taken off. They have a, they have a picture. It, it's a meme for everybody listening who's not the fucking anonymous. Like, throw a pair of balls and tweet it and tag me in it if you're going to do it, please. <laughs> Uh, I think what was that young thug? I don't even know who that is. And he's looking weird at something, and he said, "Italians in the kitchen, like, yeah, this is gonna be delicious. Name it, Gabagool." <laughs> I, I I don't know what you want me to say. Like, what am I supposed to say? You know, it's fucked up too. Everybody throw these out there, and they just like stand back <laughs> and wait for me to like. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, whoever did this, and like this has got to, like I said, all the things to take off. <laughs> Not our Patreon. This. <laughs> I will say the first time I got one, I was not expecting this to become a recurring bit. Me um, yeah. I was just gonna share it with you on the show, and then we were gonna be done. But the fact that I keep getting them is, uh, what else am I supposed to do? Are any yeah. of them the patrons? people need to know? Can you give me that much or no? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Some of them are patrons. <laughs> as happy as I am that the Gabagool thing is taken off, I, I would be much happier if the Patreon took off. Right. So go to patreon.com slash radio. <laughs> we should make it where only patrons could do this for crying out loud. Like, what the fuck? Uh, people are unbelievable, man. You know, I would get more of them if it was patrons only because they'd be like, well, if I'm paying for the park, I might as well send That's in true. some Gabagool yeah. Yeah, and whoever sending them is putting in some real work. It's really easy. Just go to the gift thing on Twitter and punch an Italian. Don't tell a bunch them of... how to do it. <laughs> ah, they're doing fine. <laughs> they don't need help anymore. Yeah, and then just send them right to Mikey. That's what I like to do. Yeah, you know what? Send them to me. Like it's annoying <laughs> enough that the gobble thing is happening, but it's like on top of it, you just get like I don't even know who's doing it at this point. It's annoying me. There's got to be a payoff at the end where it's like, is this a new person or is this one of the last two that did it, Kat? It's, oh, oh no, this is a new person. This, so there's three different people that did this? <laughs> uh, there are, let's just say I have a bit of a roster. There are four people in total. <laughs> Wait a minute, haven't I only seen three? Yes, uh, I've got the next couple weeks scheduled. <laughs> Holy shit! Next ones is a doozy. There's a schedule? <laughs> yeah. I have a folder on my phone now. <laughs> it's like anonymous gobblegool memes. I wish more than anything that it was just me. <laughs> that I was just sending these to Kat to submit anonymously, but it's not. Have you sent any of them, Robbie? Yeah. No, no. No, you know me. No, he I'm... just tags you in them. Yeah, I get yeah. too excited when I find one. I'm like, oh, I gotta show this to Mikey right now. <laughs> Fuck, man. <sighs> All right, I mean, I don't know. What, what am I supposed to say to this? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Well, I did, we got I you to say a... Gabagooly on the show, so. <laughs> I was watching something on YouTube, and in the chat, somebody uh, brought up Gabagool, and I almost took a picture of it to send to you. <laughs> This show is something else. <laughs> something else. 
We have the most unique listeners in the world. Like, <laughs> uh, all right. We got something. We, we got something. Uh, that's it for the news segment. And apparently the, the Gabagool, the anonymous Gabagool section. <laughs> now shares the new segment. That's going to be a segment, yeah. Apparently, coming up, we've got a couple of weeks scheduled, guys. But get them in. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. So we're done with the news. We're done with that. Uh, we'll be right back with this this month's Patreon pick, Pontypool. I can't get over this son of a bitch. So. <laughs> the, the real payoff would be if it's just Cat. <laughs> like, yeah, it would be funny if Rob did it, but like, if it's just Cat and she's coming up with rosters and weeks in advance and shit, like, God, I don't know which way it's going. Like, what if it's Mr. Cat's boyfriend guy? Oh, it could be. Could oh, be. He's mad about that cattle prod. <laughs> yeah, Rob started it. Who to Rob? How funny that would be the ultimate payoff is if my boyfriend starts sending me gabagool memes to give to Rob on the show. Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> and you know what's fucked up? Like Rob calls people cheap and and <laughs> and says we got your money, all this stuff, and I'm the one. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh here we are. Patreon pick. These are always a doozy. We don't know what we're gonna get. Uh Rob, I know you like hearing what because you don't know how to use the Patreon. Mm, no, <laughs> so I don't uh, think it's real. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right, so yeah, here we go. You want you want to hit a list of everything, right? Yeah, I'd like to know what else we could have been watching. Okay, uh, I are Chris, who by the way, once I tweeted out that uh, the uh, the omen was up to place your your movie picks. Chris replied to my tweet with a bunch of Japanese characters. <laughs> so I knew I was in for trouble. Uh, Tedeso, I think that's how you pronounce uh, the Iron Man from 1989 was a selection from Iron Chris. Oh, thank God that didn't win. It's, it's I Japanese, actually, I was dead sure that was like, I had it queued up and ready to go because I was so sure that was going to be the movie that won. I That <laughs> is the only episode of uh last driving with joe bob briggs i've ever turned off oh really yeah i could not do that movie it was awful uh sounds bad uh, and, and somebody liked it nothing else has a like but this pick <laughs> nesto your your best friend uh my buddy yeah uh he picked uh his selection was alive from 2018 what the hell is that i don't know Right. You could be being mean again, Nesto. You don't know. Uh, Greg, my buddy Greg, his hot take corner. Uh, he called in with another hot take corner, guys. It's going to be back next week. Oh, boy. Uh, we have <laughs> to start scared. bracing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had contracted from 2013. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, does it look like he could have been being mean, or was it? None of these. No, I think it's it's a movie people like. Um, I think I've seen all of these so far. I I don't think any of these are bad picks necessarily. Rob really hates Tetsuo, but yeah, that Tetris guy. That's a terrible movie. 
Uh, Miki had tagged 2015. One of the movies he selected to you in the text messages we got. Which I'm going to check out if I can find it. I'll see if it's on Shutter. That seems like a they might have it. Uh, Nick, our newest patron. Uh, Return of Living Dead 3. I'm mad this didn't win. I heard. I think that's a good one, right? I haven't seen it. That's why I, want I haven't. I haven't either. But I think that's one that people like. Yeah, would would have been nice to sit with it. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick, I like that though. Nick's he's brand new, newest patron, bringing the wood though. Yeah, coming in. It's with a good Nick. option. Yeah. So he hasn't been corrupted by the others yet. Not yet. So you have to make a note of this, Rob. Nick coming in hot. Yeah. For the Patreon powering. Yeah, I forgot where my spreadsheet is. So, oh, that's good. Good job. Uh, and last but not least, my good friend Jinx. Jinx, I, I don't like the the comment made again. This is Jinx's <laughs> second time putting this up for vote, uh, and it's the movie that won. And we are do- talking about this week is Pontypool two thousand eight, and he put in parentheses, "Make Mikey watch a Canadian movie." Yeah, this I appreciate one's really that, Canadian. Jinx. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, we got Canada and Gabagool all in one show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so that that's everything that was thrown out there this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, too, uh, Alive came in second. Return of the Living Dead 3 came in third. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I have no idea what Alive is, but... No, alive is the zombie ro- movie, right? I'm not making this up. That's hashtag Alive. Is the live not also a zombie movie? I don't know. I've I never I thought it. It, I thought it was, but I don't. I'm not confident. Oh, I don't. I don't know. What year was it? I might be thinking of the wrong movie. Um. Well, fair enough. Either way, we're talking about Pontypool. All right. All right. What did you guys think of this? I was really excited when Pontypool won. I haven't seen this movie for a while. I really like this one. Interesting. Um, I will say I view it a little bit a- after going through some of the reviews and stuff that I dug up today. Um, I view it a li- little bit differently than I used to, uh, which is a topic I'd kind of like to bring up a little bit later in. But I love the idea. A- and it's one of those movies it and it does lose some points here i think the premise is better than the execution which mm-hmm. is one of the my biggest movie sins but i think the execution was there enough that i can appreciate it you know um i also like that i the radio drama of pontypool i think is really good yeah i um i remember really liking this movie the first time i watched it and i watched it tonight and i did not enjoy it really yeah um i i i piggybacking on what cat said i think this movie's full of really great ideas and themes and characters and none of them are realized or explored nearly enough um i think that it is a um i i admire the attempt but the final product is not very good Huh. Okay. Uh the the only thing that I would hate more than uh <laughs> somebody making me watch a Canadian movie 
would be somebody making me watch a Canadian movie and liking it. So I like this movie. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Not thrilled that it's a Canadian movie, but at least I knew. You know, at least I knew. One of my favorite things about this movie actually was uh, the very beginning. The first production company slate that comes up is Maple Pictures. <laughs> and I was like, sweet, this doesn't get any more Canadian than this. I missed that. <laughs> Not a lie, I missed that. Uh, kind of mad that you told me. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a Canadian movie, so let's get that out of the way. Uh, I know. Okay. What are we going to do? Uh, so now that only means that it can only go so far. So, Jinx, you kind of screwed yourself here. Although Rob <laughs> would have told me eventually anyway. Uh, I I like this movie, man. I thought uh, I thought they did a great job. Because it, it's, a, it's a bit of a slow burn. Cause it, but it's not. Because you don't really see anything for like a really good portion of this movie. Like damn near clo- to the closer part of an hour in. Uh, you don't see too much, if I remember, about 45, I don't know. So they, they what I like that they did was they filled it with interesting uh, story and characters. And and I, I think they did a great job of when uh, dude was talking to radio host when he was uh, they they added drama and, and tension and in some spots, like a little bit of panic. You know, where like felt like you were being rushed in the situation, and you know they 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 were able to put that in there into just him talking, and it felt like a a good portion of the horror that they put in there to fill to kind of build your story and everything in the beginning, where you're not seeing real visual horror. They're kind of trying to explain it to you, and you hear it and use your imagination, kind of like old school where they had like those horror shows. And like, mm-hmm. you know, the shoot theaters and shit. So I, I appreciated that part of it, man. I felt like they, they were kind of trying to give a little bit of that in there, too. No, that is one thing that I do really appreciate about yeah. Pontypool. It's I think it was a little bit stronger in the drama than in er, than the movie. That, but I do think that um, like that reliance on outside sources to tell you what's going on makes the movie feel a lot more claustrophobic than it would otherwise it makes you feel a lot more helpless um i really empathize with the characters that were broadcasting because of that because you know you can tell that um they want to stick with the story and they don't really have the ability to do that all the time and yeah it's a good way to build tension i think yeah, along those same lines, I in my notes I have uh, that Lawrence and the Arabians is probably the truest thing that I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> um, having having worked in radio for the past twenty seven years, I can tell you that in the middle of all the chaos in the world, someone will ask you to interview somebody completely stupid that <laughs> no one cares about. Yeah, I because they were promised that by a salesperson. <laughs> I was going to ask you that, Rob. Like, you know, obviously we'll get into the movie and all that, but I think that's interesting too. Like, how much of this is radio reality? Like, they did a pretty good job with that part of it. Did they really? Yeah, because normally I'll get really upset when they get it wrong. And yes. more often than not, they get it wrong. Uh, they did a pretty good job with it. 
Um, you know, the way he was talking into his mic was making my neck hurt. Like, I don't <laughs> know why he was twisting his head like that. Just lower the fucking mic. Um, and there was a scene where, um, the, the scene where he's talking to their quote unquote helicopter reporter, the traffic guy, um, when he's stuck in the, like, I, I guess he was stuck in a barn or something. Um, and he's describing like, uh, I don't remember the, the lady's name, but somebody's eldest son. Yeah. And and how he's all, you know, messed up and everything. And the uh, um Sydney was kept saying in his his ear, cut, cut away, cut, you know, don't let's not talk about that, you know, in the thing. And it's like, well, lady, you control the phone. I was going to ask like, that. That was one of my fucking... biggest problems with the movie. Yeah, it was it's like... like just kill the phones. You're the one who's got the the fucking button right there. Um, and that that annoyed the hell out of me. Um but for the most part, they got it right. Also, the outside speaker, which ends up playing a, a kind of a big part at, at one point in the movie. In all the years I've been working in radio stations and been going to radio stations for various different reasons, I have never, ever seen one that had a speaker outside <laughs> that played the radio. That just doesn't exist in my experience. I'm not saying it's not. There isn't one. I've just never, ever seen one. Do you have people talking in your ear like that, too, while you're talking? No, oh, Not, I, I, there, there are places where, um, I've never worked with a producer like that. Um, there are places where that happens. I have been a producer for talk shows and stuff, okay. but I've never talked in anyone's ear like that. I always, um, you know, I mean, you wait till commercial breaks or you send them like a note on the computer or whatever. I could never. I mean, I, you know, there are places where that happens, but normally that's, it seems like more of a television thing, actually. I know, yeah. um, newscasters like anchors and stuff have that. And, uh, you know, WWE, you always would hear about that, like Vince McMahon yelling in their ears about stuff he didn't like or whatever, but I've never worked at a radio broadcast where that was the case. I could never just watching, watching him like navigate through his discussion with whoever he's talking to, hearing that going on. I, it was hard for me to pay attention to both of them, the three people at the same time, <laughs> let alone, you know, formulate thoughts and words in the middle. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. I do yeah, I wonder mean, if that was intentional, though, to kind of show yeah. his experience, because he is yeah. kind of painted as the new guy. But also, I very strongly got that impression that he had been working in radio for a long time. Yeah. yeah. The character isn't as well fleshed out as I would like. My what I took away from it, um, based on the fact that he seemed to have an agent, that guy that he talked to on the phone a couple of times, he told him he was fired at the beginning and stuff. Yeah. He seemed to be a guy who was at some point a big deal uh, yeah. in radio, probably had a, a large market job, and he lost that for some reason. Probably and he ended alcohol. up in, <laughs> yeah, He ended up in this small town uh, mm -hmm. doing small town radio. Um, and it did seem like he was still fairly new to that job. Um, that was sort of my takeaway from it, just based on sort of the context clues that were left regarding the, the character. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I think maybe there, and also, uh, back to the, the producers in your ear, there might be like network radio gigs where you have that. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never worked at, at a network level, so I don't know. But I can tell you, in Pontypool, Canada, whatever the fuck, <laughs> they do not have that. <laughs> can I get to my other pet peeve? Uh, because it was also radio-related. Um, this might just be different in Canada, but I, 
Because I'll admit that the version of Canada that we see on media might not accurately reflect Canada. I don't know because I'm not Canadian. It felt like a lot of people. I understand for Grant because he was very clearly. I he almost had to have been American, right? I don't think they confirmed it, but he was very <laughs> out of place. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of Canadians that were not un- able to understand or speak French in any capacity, and the one that really got me. At- <laughs> Was like as a French speaker listening to the message come in where it's like, don't translate this message. <laughs> and they like immediately, uh, the Canadian woman translates it and then is like, oh no. And and then the other Canadian woman is like, we're waiting for the translation. And it's like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then he reads it out. He like he physically sees that he's not supposed to have like had this message translated and then reads it back. And it's like there were three fail safes there. And I feel like at least two of them should have spoken French. Like, yeah, um, I I don't know about the the French part, um, but I will tell you that if I got that message at a radio station, I would read it, too. (laughs) (laughs) So for him, I kind of understand because like he's just reading the thing. But it's like for the person that actually had to translate that, that's getting the warning not to do it. And then also, like, why why did they not understand that in the first place, you know? And well, I think that might be, I don't know. If if that message came in, there would probably be a discussion. But ultimately, I think we'd go, yeah, we're going to read it. <laughs> at, that, at that point, you're early enough in the movie where you don't really know what's going on. And it could be a hoax. Yeah. Or whatever. So you're just going to read it. I mean, you know, you're not thinking that it's a stupid word virus thing. You know what I mean? You're just, you know, yeah, that that didn't bother me as much because it would it would ultimately get read on the air, I imagine. It just bothered me a little bit because, like, uh, one of the first things that you see about Canada in most shows is is that they're bilingual. (laughs) And then there were just a bunch of people that were, like, failing to navigate in French. Yeah, and now I have a Canadian friend. Hold on, I, <laughs> I bet God she's almighty. she goes to yeah she goes to sleep early, so I bet she's asleep. I have had I, like I've had Canadian friends that have said that they prefer English and that they speak it more, but I all of them were more fluent than I am in French. Yeah. You know, like it's, I'm interested in the fact that you thought that Grant was American because that never occurred to me. He didn't seem like uh, the maybe it's the cowboy hat. He did not seem yeah. Canadian to me. <laughs> yeah, I, it didn't occur to me. But the more I think about it, now I think you might be right. <laughs> also, Grant feels like a very American name. I don't, I don't know if that's yeah. true. I. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he seemed, uh, and that was the thing. Like it was hard to tell by because I was looking for it obviously in the beginning, and mm-hmm. you know he seemed pretty like a normal american dude but you know yeah. i don't know man i thought the i his acting i thought especially in certain parts was phenomenal no i thought he was re- i thought all the performances were good yeah yeah that, i didn't have any i didn't have any problems with that um at all but um the i i guess script is a little bit messy yeah yeah a little bit where at not that i'm disagreeing I think it jumps, uh, and I wonder, 
if this isn't intentional, uh, just because of the way that the movie ends. But I do feel like as they're transitioning from, uh, I think once they get the doctor in kind of moving forward, uh, they lose some of the like slow burn aspects and it becomes more of a scramble. I feel like there were a lot of really good themes that they touch on, but they move very quickly past mm -hmm. them. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And it does that, make that's the my final biggest act problem. a little bit. Yeah. And But again, I wonder if they did it intentionally, because the whole thing is like to... Because they open with the Norman Mailer quote. Uh, they open with that whole thing and uh, about understanding. And then the way to survive the virus, essentially, is to not understand. So I wonder if they made it messy intentionally to kind of make the audience feel more like they survived something, you know? <laughs> it could be. It could but be. I kind of wish that they hadn't done it all the same, you know? Yeah. Because it's such a good premise. I think if it had just been a little bit cleaner. But they, they move from one concept to the next very, very quickly toward mm -hmm. the end of that film. and. Yeah, and they don't explore any of them. No. Too. Because there are interesting ideas there. They're just not explored real, nearly enough, I think. Um, I enjoyed the Doctor character. I thought he was uh, a good time. Uh, because he was, like, almost not phased by anything. <laughs> like, when, when Laurel Ann is, like, starting to lose it, he's like, oh, this is going to get bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I enjoyed that. Um, my favorite, my absolute favorite moment of the entire movie was when, uh, after Ken Loney, the, uh, the, uh, uh, traffic guy, uh, is, is dead when they find out he's dead and she's just, cause he wasn't a friend. Ken Loney was a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, that's and a horrible obituary. <laughs> move on. <laughs> like... I laughed pretty hard at that, but I mean, yeah, I. I don't know. I, I do think the movie, uh, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I, it feels like two separate movies to me almost. Like I'm watching two different things. Like it's, you know, the first part is this real um, tense sort of interesting slow burn. And then it rushes at the end and it feels like it's part of a different film. And it is very difficult, I think, especially when you compare this to like one of the inspirations for this was War of the Worlds. And I think when you compare it to something like that, that's very stark and clean and focused, having the end of the movie be as messy as it is can be a problem. Mm -hmm. I, I, but on the other hand, it makes it more realistic, I think, because if you're going through something like that, I, you're probably going to like be cycling through ideas very quickly. You're going to be latching on to whatever seems to be working in the moment. You know, you're going to have two people struggling and afraid to communicate. And it's like, it added an air of realism, but it did feel uneven as a film. Yeah. I, I Is that because it was uh, initially a radio play? I don't, um, I know like, that is it is it a radio just... play. I don't know which one came first. Yeah, I, I feel like actually from what I read, they were produced right around the same time. Um, and the uh, radio play aired on the BBC. Yeah, um, but I just I feel like maybe this story was better suited for that. 
I think it was. Uh, because it's visually not very interesting for the most part. Mm. Yes and no. I I think I think it looked cool, dude. I really do like that whole. May, maybe that's to you, man, because you work in fucking you know radio stuff. Well, that, that building they're in looks nothing like a radio. I mean, that looks. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. I don't know. That setup is ridiculous. And also, there's no radio station in the world that just operates with three people. I mean, you got to have other people that work there. I mean, who's doing sales? Who's doing promotion? Who's doing, you know, come on. All right. Well, but still, it looked, you know, it was a cool looking studio. Like, I like shit like that. You it know? looked cool, but it, yeah. it was completely unrealistic. Okay. That's fair. But I mean, I thought it looked cool. I thought it was, you know, you know, may, maybe it wasn't like pop and all that and whatever, but. Yeah. I just think visually there just wasn't a lot, a whole lot there. I mean, even, even the, the studio itself was kind of. I mean, it was kind of just drab. It was just like a basement or whatever. It wasn't super interesting to look at visually. And um, I, I, especially because, like, even the symptoms of the virus are all audio. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there just wasn't a whole lot visually to look at uh, in this movie. And I don't think it was I, like I never got bored watching it, but I. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily needed to be a film. I checked. I checked the runtime a bunch during this movie. Like just Did waiting. You? Like yeah, constantly. I was checking the runtime. Like oh my god, this thing is never going to end. <laughs> wow, it was just an hour and a half. I know. <laughs> That's a terrible sign, right? I didn't check it at all. I thought it yeah. went. That's what I'm saying. I thought they did a great job of keeping you into it because the story and the acting and all that was so good and. You know, they had tension. They were yelling at each other. They're already fighting. Dudes like having this breakdown, and you know. Uh, also, um, uh, damn it, what's her name? Uh, uh, Laurel Ann, dude, dude. Her, they did a great job with her. Uh, her her turn. That's what I liked about it. it wasn't like a regular ass zombie turn. That's what I mean. Let's talk about that too, because you know, you see, anytime you can do something different with a zombie movie, that's dope as shit to me. That's something that I wanted to bring up because when I was talking about how I had always kind of liked this movie, but I viewed it differently after reading through comments today, a lot of people consider this a zombie movie and I never had before today. Like that thought had never crossed my mind until today. <laughs> it's not how. I always Because they don't it... die first, I guess. Yeah. I always thought of it as a zombie movie only because before I watched it, I saw it listed on a bunch of like good zombie movie lists. So I was like, all right, it's a zombie movie. And like, um, even cause I'm always, I, I embrace zombie movies and then I also embrace zombie adjacent movies. And now that I've seen it, I could see this definitely being zombie adjacent, but I, Seriously, the connection had just never been made in my brain before today. I think mm -hmm. because the virus is so unique, because um, a lot of virus things I consider zombie adjacent, but the, seriously, this just, everyone's throwing the word zombie around, and it's like, really? Yeah. I think the idea of the virus is really interesting with the infect the idea of like infected words yeah is extremely extremely cool and the idea that um, if you're talking about 
you know, spoken word and you said it in a way extremely interesting too. And I just feel like it never gets fleshed out. It does not get very fleshed out. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, it, it feels like a letdown. Like I've sat here for 90 minutes and I got nothing really from this movie. Like it's, it's again, full of great ideas, but they're just not, there's nothing to them. Like they bring the idea up, but then never examine it any <laughs> further. Um, I actually, there's a YouTube video that I found. Usually I only bring up um, like text reviews to read and I'm not, obviously I'm not going to share the video on the podcast, but I am going to recommend it on the podcast. Uh, Roanoke Gaming does a breakdown of this film uh, and the video is called The Auditory Virus of Pontypool Explored, Potential Vectors and Pathophysiology Explained. Uh, and they actually do what the movie should have done <laughs> a little bit more uh, into breaking down how potentially I not that the movie should have done this because the doctor once he was gone there was really no one who could have explained this uh, mm -hmm. but they do get into how that sort of auditory virus could work and why some of the tricks would break it up mm -hmm. Um, and no, it was really interesting yeah and I, I agree that that's, that does sound interesting I mean the title of that video sounds awful vectors and stuff whatever that sounds <laughs> terrible but yeah. um, it uh it's an interesting idea and an interesting theory, but the movie has to find a way to explore it more, in my opinion. I understand that the doctor, we once we lose him, there's nobody really to explore, but they've got to figure out a way to do it somehow. I wish that somehow. they had, uh, especially because yeah. it's interesting, I think. <laughs> but I feel like this movie, it was almost there. It's very close. Yeah, it's very close. The, uh, the best part of this movie to me, the most interesting thing they did in this movie is when the doctor and Grant and Sid uh, are in the studio and um, Laurel Ann is outside and she's banging her head on the window there. Mm -hmm. And Sid is on the phone with her kid and her kid makes her sing a Valentine's Day song. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she's singing this Valentine's Day song and Laurel Ann is like smashing her head into the window. And it's a great scene that lasts about three seconds. <laughs> like, I feel like they should have stuck longer with that because it, it was really cool, but they cut it way too short. Yeah. Like yep. she, you know, like have her sing a longer song, something, you know, because it's this really interesting thing that you've got going on and you just end it immediately. It is very frustrating. And the movie did that throughout. I felt like, like, Every time I was really close to getting into it, it would do something that completely just ruined it for me. See, normally I would agree with and I can see your point with it, but I'm not too mad about it because they, it's not like they replaced it with boring shit. You know, like I nothing. I don't I was never I, you said you were checking time, but for to me, like I was never bored. Like it was never anything where I was sitting there going, oh, God, let this like this scene is nothing. So. I mean, to me, it's like they like, yeah, they didn't go everywhere, but I appreciate the short runtime. I really wouldn't have been mad if this was longer and maybe they should have been. It should have been because had they taken longer and taken time to explore the things that were interesting about it, it would have yeah. been a much better film, you know? And also, did we need them to kiss? No, 
I did not need that them to was. Kiss. I don't yeah. understand why that was there. That was just dumb. Yeah, it fucked up the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. yeah, there was no indication that there was some sort of romantic relationship between them, and I actually appreciate that in movies. I love that so much in movies where yeah. they just and, don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, and this and one so made it that, so close. <laughs> yeah, so and then they have that kiss, and it makes everything. All of a sudden, now the relationship's changed in a weird way. I just, I don't know. I, this movie did not land for me Wow, at all. You know, it, towards the end of the movie, Grant is making that great speech. He's on the air and he's telling people like, you know, you've got to not understand. And he's, he's saying these things. And, and it's a really great speech that he's making. And the score is just so intrusive in that moment. Like, you don't need the music there. Leave the music out so I can hear and focus on what he's saying without the music intruding. And I felt like it did that a lot, too. I felt like the score was intrusive throughout the movie. And in a lot of spots, this film would have been better had it been left out. So I don't think it ever distracted me from those moments. But I do agree that there were a lot of moments that would have been better without the score. Especially, like, toward the end with the the countdown, I think. Just, yeah. like, dead silence and the, the numbers counting down. Yeah, there were so many moments that I, I felt like the score was just intrusive and and not needed for for this movie. I'm looking up the budget, and uh, IMDb has this listed fifteen million or fifteen thousand. Dude, it for what they put in front, you got to be able to forgive it. Fifteen grand, dude. I mean, they didn't have a lot of money clearly because they were in one place the entire movie and everything, and that's fine. But you still like. Your budget, if you don't have the budget, then don't get a score made that you don't need. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, you're right. That, that, you know, poor placement for that is, you know, that that's just bad judgment. But yeah. I'm saying everything else, like if they can't, couldn't expand on certain things, man, I didn't know they had a 14,000. I thought they, you know, I, I didn't think they had huge money or nothing, but I thought they had more than 15,000. No, and if you have fifteen thousand dollars, you know you can still probably. Uh, I mean, the cost you pay for the script is the cost you pay for the script. Make it better. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm giving them a pass now. I'm definitely. I gave them a pass before because I didn't mind what they were switching gears to because it kept me entertained. But I'm definitely giving them a pass now. Fifteen grand. Yeah. Come on. Really? I will say they I, for fifteen grand. I think they did pretty good. They did phenomenal for fifteen grand. It looks good. It does not yeah. look like a fifteen thousand dollar movie. I'll give it that production but, value. Yeah, but some of the other stuff. I mean, I just to me isn't budgetary restraints. You know, the score the being score intrusive is right, isn't yes. a budgetary restraint. The ideas not being explored isn't a budgetary constraint. Could have um, been. You know, like, no, you just put it in the movie. But it I costs mean, money to put it in the movie. Certain you, things. No, I mean, effects and stuff cost money. Yeah, the look mm -hmm. of things cost money. The ideas don't cost money. Yeah. I don't know. I'm giving them a pass. I respect this movie a lot. I cannot believe, and, and not even for the other, like you guys have mentioned, the production value. This looked like a, you know, a decently budgeted movie from a studio. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I did. Fucking Canadians, man. <laughs> Is that fifteen thousand American dollars? Because that's a lot more in in Canada 
I think it's fifteen thousand American, but I'm not oh, I'm not one hundred percent certain how IMDb does that. So that's like okay. two point seven million Canadian. <laughs> Canada, Canada Canucks. Yeah, no, man, you're you're right and you're wrong to me. Yeah, I definitely see your points. Uh, yeah, the score I noticed too, and you're normally like you're not supposed. What do they say? You're not supposed to notice the score. If no. it's a good score, you should notice it. Right. At least not right away. Right. Not on a first viewing. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think the the but back to what I kind of what I was saying earlier, me and Kat were talking about that zombie change. They did something different. I that that kind of like getting caught in a trance or something and like it was weird at first but then seeing how she's like throwing herself at the glass and they had the blood smudge and you know it, their effects were so subtle but they were you know I, I like that like we don't need gushing goring on the blood on every movie like it was realistic which is what I liked about it the most yeah they look good yeah and, you know, I had a note in here, too. This is how much I enjoyed it, man. I had a note in here saying, I feel bad I'm not taking any notes, but I'm kind of just sitting and enjoying the movie and, you know, kind of into what they got going on. Yeah, that's tough. That's when you know you like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did not take yeah. a lot of notes for this one. No, because you're in it. I think one thing that really keeps me from, because you brought up zombies again. I think one thing that, um, and again, I wouldn't have thought to analyze this while I was watching the movie because the word zombie never entered my brain. But in retrospect, I think one thing that really differentiates this for me from others, from like zombie movies, uh, from zombie mythology in general, is that there's a way to stop this. Like even once you have that, you know, like once once a zombie bites you in some in some of the more forgiving worlds right like you can amputate uh but in most of them you're just fucking done that's it you're gone <laughs> uh yeah. it's coming for you no matter what but in this one like you can hear the infected words and you have time to turn it around yourself uh i don't know if that's more or less scary because it puts a lot of pressure on the characters but at the same time you know it's it's a more hopeful sort of outlook than it just struck me as very different tonally, I guess. Yeah. I did read also, Kat, that when they were making this movie, they never once referred to them as zombies. Cause it's um, a, it seems like a very different kind of beast, I guess. Yeah. They referred to them as com the conversationalists. Right. Which I don't know if I like that anymore. <laughs> um, and in the movie, I don't think they're referred to at all. Um, other than you know, they're just called sick or whatever. Yeah. Um. Oh, this was a novel. That was also something I learned today. Was that it was a novel? Oh, but yeah. Which I'd um, be interested to read. I'd be interested to talk to the writer and the director of this. Like that's that's really how much I like because I want to kind of like I'm super interested in that old like shoot theater masterpiece theater whatever they called them back in the day on the radios and stuff like. All that stuff really, really interests me. I do enjoy like learning about it, hearing about it, even listening to some of it. It's really good. And that was back in the day, dude. There was no fucking YouTube and, and Twitch and all these other things and, and platforms like this, even. Like there was just radio and they had people on there and they really had to they had to work with their sound effects, which a lot of them were homemade, and you had to use your voice inflection, get really creative. 
to capture people's minds and kind of make them bad. And I got a lot of granted for their budget. They probably didn't have much of a choice, but still like that was an aspect of this. And like, I'm very curious if that was intentional with that, that older style radio stuff in mind with this. Yeah, it may have been. I hope so. I'm going to get this guy on here one day, Rob, and tell him you didn't like his movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't give a fuck, huh? I mean, it's, I, I, it's, it looks good for the budget. The performances are good. That's what I got for this movie. I feel like there were a lot of opportunities that they squandered. That is something really interesting. Uh, looking at my tastes and looking at Pontypool because just. That's the biggest sin that a movie can commit for me is like just not living up to that potential. We've talked about movies on here before that I've hated because they had such a good premise that they just did not live up to. And I kind of forgive Pontypool for it. I don't know if it's because I like the premise so much that I was thinking about it for so long afterward. I don't know if it's because it did kind of add that level of realism that everything was so chaotic at the end but i even though it frustrates me i kind of have to forgive it you have to man i i don't i don't know with the budget in mind and everything else i don't know how you don't forgive this movie i don't get it because i think the complaints that i have aren't budgetary problems what would you like for them to have expanded on rock i think there are story problems not even necessarily problems as so much as just not taking opportunities that they had. And, you know, the score was also a problem. And I don't find that to be budgetary. You're right. You're right about that score. That's on them. Yes, you're right. That's bad judgment and bad placement, all that stuff. But I just, I think the idea of this virus that they came up with is extremely fascinating. And the fact that they didn't explore it more is a huge missed opportunity. Um, the idea that this guy works at a radio station you know, how many people has he infected by just talking and doing his job? We never get into any of that sort of thing. You know, the backstory of the character, I would have liked a little more. Um, Yeah, I just I think that they glazed over a lot of stuff that would have made it a much more interesting movie. Yeah, OK. I mean, but you, you got to you got to pay to go out and do that shit, man. Who knows if they were renting equipment and, you know, all this stuff. Like, who knows? Like, it, I don't that. But see, the, but that's the other part, right? That's not my problem as a movie viewer. That's fair. That's you fair. know, it's not my responsibility. My my only responsibility is to sit down and watch your movie. And you had a tough time doing that. Yeah. Based. But then judge it based on what you have given me as a movie. That's fair. It is. It's very fair. But at the same time, it's kind of not. Because, you know, <laughs> like, you get, I don't know, man. It's like it's like when when a bench player comes off the bench for, like, basketball or something, or even in hockey. Like, what about hockey? Like, this guy comes, kid comes off the bench and scores, like, two goals in the game. He's pulling, filling in for somebody. Like, yeah, you know, that would be cool for, like, you know, a, a mainstream hockey player. Like, oh, you know. He did that. But when, you know, when somebody you're not expecting to do it, does it, it's like so much bigger of a deal. And for $15,000, bro, like that is, that is insanely, insanely impressive. Yeah. I don't conflate the two. 
Mm-hmm. Two two very different things to me. I think they're kind of similar. If you know, if a if a big budget whatever movie goes and makes like whatever the hell they made on, on like a twenty million dollar movie, you know, like they should make a good movie. And they often don't. And when they don't, right. I call them on it. You're right. You are a million percent right. But these these some bitches with fifteen grand did something, man. They did something. They they had to have rented equipment. I mean, those are high high caliber cameras. They I was are. looking to see what else the director did. He hasn't done anything I've ever heard of. He's gonna be doing this show eventually. A bunch <laughs> of TV stuff. He's done a ton of shit. Just <laughs> nothing I've heard of. Oh, I watched Creeped Out. I've never heard of it. Is well, it's Canadian, isn't it? Probably. It was a Netflix original. I mean, it was like a family friendly. I watched it with my cousins. So it wasn't like a serious horror experience. He did a couple episodes of My Babysitter's a Vampire. The fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know most of this stuff. Uh, I don't know any of this stuff, actually, other than Pontypool. Um, You know, I mean... They had the money to hire good actors. Yeah, yeah. Money or resource. I don't know. They might just, you know, be a little group. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, Jinx, I'm I'm very upset with Jinx. Very upset with Jinx. Why? Because he made you like another Canadian He gave you movie. a movie you liked. It's, it's Canadian. He made me like a Canadian movie. <laughs> My favorite part isn't that he made you like a Canadian movie, but that that was his intention. <laughs> well, yeah, his full-on intention was to make me watch a Canadian movie. I'm, I'm assuming uh, that he thought you were going to like it. Maybe not. I hope so. And this isn't the only Canadian movie you like. You like My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, no. You I like know. Black Christmas. I pretend that they're not Canadian movies. (laughs) It makes it easier for me. This one's going to be awful hard to pretend it's not Canadian because this one's pretty Canadian. Yeah, this one takes place in Pontypool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Although, I don't know. My Bloody Valentine's a pretty damn Canadian movie. I didn't notice. I don't know how you didn't notice. (laughs) I didn't notice. Maybe I suppressed it. You know, like subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, they came right out and said Canada a bunch of times. It made me sick. Yeah, well... I don't know. Uh, like I said, I watched this. This is the second time I've watched this movie. The first time I did like it. Uh, the second rewatch, I just, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. That's a shame. Yeah. No. I Like, I'm not, I'm not like Mikey. I'm not ashamed of you. I just, I think it is kind of sad because. I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> and it's sad. Both. It just doesn't. It's it, just sad when it, that happens, you know. It has a lot of potential. It just doesn't reach it. I mean, sorry, that's just how it is. Um, I don't think I have many more notes for this, man. Uh, the effects were simplistic. Uh, yeah, I, I really didn't. Think, I really just kind of sat in this one. This is my second watch, kind of, because I I tried to watch it last night before I went to bed and I fell asleep. <laughs> Are you guys ready for some uh, ratings and reviews then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has an audience score of 68%. 
but a critic score of 84 percent this is one of the larger differences that we've seen um not so different on imdb it has a rating of 6.5 so imdb did not appreciate pony pool very much uh which again is very interesting because once again uh the written reviews do not seem to reflect the ratings a lot of the um reviews gave it 10 out of 10 9 out of 10 uh very highly rated i don't know where all of those low scores came from but i have a good review um and this was this was actually the first one that i read that had the allusion to zombies uh which is where i went down that rabbit hole uh but this is from imdb user McQuaylude. I love these IMDb games. Man. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> wow. Uh, and it was 8 out of 10. I took an 8 out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10 because I thought this was a very interesting, insightful, short review of the movie. Um, the really scary part is how many Pontypool zombies are already among us. I really hate to give anything away, but many people seem to be missing the obvious that wor- words hold power they are infectious and can lead to unintended consequences. Stephen McHattie steals the show as the cowboy hat-wearing radio talk show host Grant Mazzy. Mazzy was recently fired from his real gig and is now the morning show in the small town of Pontypool. Between reports of school closings and traffic reports, Mazzy tries to provoke his audience with charged language, but Mazzy is about to le- learn that words have consequences. First, he offends his producer, and a casual joke turns out not to be funny when it hits too close to home. Then reports of mob violence start flooding the station as the bloodshed escalates and threatens Mazzy and his morning crew. They slowly learn the true nature of the threat and the power of their own words. Pontypools holds relevant lessons for all of us. There is some blood and mild gore, but the really scary part is how many Pontypool-type zombies are already among us. Uh, And I thought this one was really interesting because it, it... draws a lot of uh social parallels mm-hmm. i think that that movie sounds really interesting i wish i had watched it that's kind of where i landed on it um because I, I you can kind of see the ghost of all those things there like he's being very insensitive and his words hold power and then they literally do end up holding power um but that was not something that i picked up watching the movie on my own <laughs> right right yeah it's very much like the Lacroix of that <laughs> review right like it's it's you sort of taste it but not really yeah <laughs> but it's interesting i thought it was very interesting i thought it was a very insightful way to look at pony pool um on the exact opposite side of that spectrum i have a review from michael thompson mcgill uh one out of (laughs) that's even worse than the the quaalude dude who the hell does i think he is uh this is one out of 10 stars entitled what was this all about with like 22 question marks uh (laughs) this film had some rave reviews but why? I truly wanted to like this movie, but I could not find a thing in it worth liking. I found it a chore to stay with, and although I waited to see how it ended, I honestly could not wait for the end. This film is like watching paint dry. I admit I normally don't watch this type of film. I just thought I would watch something different in the run-up to Christmas. A guy on a <laughs> What the fuck? A guy on a local radio station being made to realize that something is happening out on the streets, and this was it. 
This was one big boring waste of time as far as I am concerned. Uh, and that has both my favorite reason ever for watching a movie as well as my favorite summary of Pontypool. A yeah. guy in a local radio station being made to realize that something is happening out on the streets for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even I, I didn't dislike this movie that much. Jesus. Yeah, uh, he did not like this one. He's got a stupid name. I don't care what he says. I did take one final review of Pontypool. Uh, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I took this one just to really irritate Mikey. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Dad. We haven't uh, had that enough in this show. <laughs> no. Um, this is from RPS-2. It is also a 1 out of 10 star rating on Pontypool. It's the only other uh, 1 out of 10 star review that I found. Um, and it's titled, We Are Good at So Many Things. <laughs> the review goes, We produce good wine. Canadian rye whiskey is world famous. Oh Our God. beer is excellent. There is the Canada arm in space. We invented the what? paint roller, the rotary snowplow, and the Robertson screwdriver. We do a splendid job of peacekeeping. We have produced some excellent writers. Canadian banks are being praised for responsible behavior. We discovered insulin. Canada captured Vimy Ridge in World War One and liberated Holland in World War Two. We gave the world Glenn Gould. The Stratford Festival is world famous. The Canadian National Ballet is among the top five companies in the world. What? We built the world's first jet passenger plane. We spawned Ben Hepner, John Vickers, Maureen Forrester, and Teresa Stratus, as well as Lauren Green, William Shatner, and James Cameron. I guess oh, it would be God. too much to ask that we also be able to produce decent movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the review in its entirety. I just, I thought you, uh, Mikey, really needed to hear that one. <laughs> A couple things there. First of all, first of all, I'm going to look up this Canada arm thing. Apparently, uh, official, officially shuttle remote manipulated system a series of robotic arms that were used on the space shuttle orbiters to deploy oh so it's just a fucking part of the spaceship i was gonna say canada ain't putting on space in that man they built a robotic arm to just ship up to space right stupid okay if you have to tell everybody the shit that you did nobody cares dude they invented the paint roller where would we be without that they're, Some, they're just making a good point. <laughs> no, they're not. If you okay. have to tell every, so everybody <laughs> what you did, apparently, like Michael Jordan doesn't go around saying, "Hey, I got this many." That no, we know. That's why we're going <laughs> to talk about it. And you know, he didn't mention Justin Bieber. You're responsible <laughs> for him too, you know. The only thing that would have been better about that review is if at the end it had just said "gabagool." <laughs> you might as well. It made me sick listening to that fucking Canada. <laughs> Seriously, I can't stand it. So, like, Canada is the only country that runs around screaming they don't suck. It's <laughs> like, you do. You do indeed suck. You do. You suck. Ben Hepner. I, uh, I have a few facts about this movie. Not a lot. Um, we talked about the budget. Made uh, an estimated $15,000 budget. Worldwide gross of $32,118. That's a shame. Um, the film stars Stephen McHattie and Lisa. I'm going to guess her name is Howell, but I'm not 100% certain on how to pronounce it. Uh, and they are married in real life. Um, 
And approximately 36 minutes into the movie, the character Ken reports on a group of infected taking two people from a van and biting them. The sounds of the victim screaming is partially taken from the famous chest bursting scene in the film Alien. You can oh. even hear the distinct hissing sound if you listen closely. Oh, hmm. that's interesting. In May 2009, a sequel tentatively titled Pony Pool Changes was confirmed to be in development with McDonald returning as director. In July 2012, a teaser poster for the film was released at the Fantasia Film Festival with an intended release date of 2013. In April 2018, McDonald and the writer Burgess revealed that their film Dreamland, which ultimately saw release in 2019, would be a spinoff of Pony Pool serving as a sequel to the film's post-credit non-sequitur scene with uh, McCaddy and Howell. Oh, I can't believe we didn't talk about that scene. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Burgess additionally confirmed that Pony Pool Changes, also known as Typo-Chan, would follow the English-language virus passing into the written word and also feature McCaddy and Howell reprising their roles. Huh. I don't know if that ever came out. I don't know anything about it. Um, yeah, did you guys watch the scene? I did. The post credit scene. Um, I'm gonna level with you. I really hated it at first. I don't. I didn't. I was like, okay, what, it grew what the on fuck me. Was that? But all right, a little bit. Uh, but initially, my thought was anger. Uh, because I really <laughs> like. I really like how it ended with the countdown. That was one of my favorite aspects of the movie. And then just they cut yeah. to those two. Um. But again, there is that sort of like theme about not understanding everything. And then there is also the possible idea that those two died and are saying their farewells as yeah. they ascend into like whatever dreamland was supposed to be. <laughs> so yeah. I I've forgiven it a little bit, but initially I, I just kind of blocked out the post credit scene because it was not my favorite. Yeah. Um, and lastly, uh, about Pontypool itself, it's an unincorporated village within the southernmost part of the amalgamated city of Kawartha Lakes, Ontario. It has a grocery store, convenience store, LCBO, which is like a liquor store, a Chinese restaurant, gas station, a pharmacy, community center, church, and a post office. Whoa. Damn. There you go. They're living oh, the there's life also a baseball field and a public park. Wow. And the town used to be an old Jewish vacation spot with a big campground on the big pond on the outskirts of town. So there you go. Now you know more than you ever wanted to about Pony Pool. I sure do. Yeah, yeah I don't give a shit about actual Pony Pool because it's in <laughs> Canada, so I don't care. Okay, they probably put gravy on their fries and stuff. Dude, poutine is so good. Stop defending Canada. You never, you never stand beside me with anything that I object to. Because ever. the stuff you object to is ridiculous. No, it's not. I, I like Canada, man. They got poutine and hockey. I'm down. Poutine and hockey. But I don't like hockey, and I'm not. I wouldn't put gravy on fries either. So it's good, dude. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, man. I don't know what your deal is with this. I don't get it. Well, how often do uh, movies get like a, you know, like a low budget movie where people say, "Hey, let's put some money behind this and remake it." 
I don't think that happens very often. Like, I would like to see what could be done with this if they kind of, but see, it's hard to maybe just extend it, like take parts of this movie and then like you can go back and like and film stuff to add, maybe to extend on the on the story a little bit, get some more shots of outside what's going on, you know, would make yeah. it even better. That's all it was missing, and I truly believe it was just money. So, you know, mm-hmm. port noise, port noise. Let me get the old sheet up. The list where I'm right and you guys are wrong. Poor Norris. <laughs> uh, by the way, Kat, did you watch Prince of Darkness at all? Or I did or watch no? Prince of Darkness. Do oh, you yeah. have a Portnoy for it for the record? Um, let me pull up my notes real fast. I'm pretty sure I wrote it? one down. I don't have any shark doodles on it. Where, um, where did I put? I because I didn't take any notes for a Pony Pool. I don't have it next to me. <laughs> That's funny. My little notebook. Oh my god. All right. So, do you want to get? Uh, we'll give hours while she's looking for that. Then, Rob. Yeah. Both from at the end. All uh, right. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Um. So, Pony Pool, full of interesting ideas. Um. That are not realized or explored nearly enough. Interesting characters that uh, I would say the same about. I give it a four point three. Oh come on, man! Really? Yep. And and you're fine with you can sleep with that. Like a baby. <laughs> I'm still thinking, man, this is a hard one. I don't want to overreact. I don't want to overreact. Uh Ponty Pool 2008. Uh you know what? I'm I'm not going to put my my Canada uh kind of <laughs> swerve on it. On the score. Usually I penalize things for being Canadian. I won't do that here. Pony Pool. I, I feel like it had really interesting ideas. And I feel like they couldn't afford. To expand on some of them. And Which is exactly what I said. No you said they didn't. I'm sure they would have It's the same to. thing. It's the same thing right? It's the same end result. Yes, <laughs> they didn't. But, no they didn't. But I feel like they would have liked to. But they couldn't. Due to financial reasons, fifteen thousand dollar budget. What they pulled off is phenomenal. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven point five, right at approved. You have overreacted, my friend. And I was gonna say you didn't seven. overreact. You're okay. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Kat. I was gonna say seven point three, but then I was leaning seven point four, and I said seven point five because I would like. Our approved movies are usually the biggins. I would like a nice little low budget movie to slide in under the radar, and we got that in there. So, seven point five there. We could have had Prince of Darkness. We could have had Kiss Meets Phantom of the Park. Oh fuck! <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no! Over my dead body with Kiss Meets whatever the hell be a slash radio approved. Uh, uh-uh. gave that a zero. I should have given it a zero negative point zero one. <laughs> Shitty movie. Cat, what are we doing over there? So my score for Prince of Darkness uh last week, it was a six point seven. I did not nice. like it as much on the rewatch as I remember liking it years ago when I saw it for the first time, but it did some things really well. Um my score for Pontypool, uh unsurprisingly, I'm coming out on the top score for this one i'm giving it a 7.9 
cat. I really, so here's the thing. I think in concept, it's a 10 out of 10. And I don't think the execution was that bad. The execution brings it down a lot. I had some pet peeves. It's uh, uneven, but none of it bothered me enough. It's not a good movie. I I really like it. You said uh, 7.9, cat. 7.9. Nice. Okay. Not enough to make it slasher radio approved because you gave it something dumb. You gave it like a 4.3. Yeah. I gave it a 4.3, which it deserves. <laughs> no, it's just. Fucked up, man. No. It has potential, but it doesn't reach it. It's not even <sighs> close to reaching it. So it's. I- I understand the argument because I've made that argument so many times, but I ju- I can't be that mad at Pontypool for. I I can't be that mad at it. I oh, think you guys anything that was a pet peeve made it more realistic. Go down in history as being wrong. That's fine. <laughs> Man, I'm standing up for a Canadian movie. This is sad day in hell right here. Damn, you know, Rob, if you were to do the right thing and at least give this a seven, bare minimum, it would be slash radio per. This movie is nowhere near a seven. Not <laughs> according to two of us. It's not even <laughs> close to a seven. This movie doesn't even sniff a five. You don't even <laughs> sniff a fart, man. Damn. Like, there's always someone to fuck up a, a movie a score, man. Always, always at least one. Whenever we're sure of it. I thought everybody was going to like this one. I will say, I am surprised because I thought Rob was going... I had a feeling I was going to like this one the most. But I thought Rob was going to like it more than you, Mikey. I thought you were going to be irritated um, about the... Almost the opposite of the problem Rob actually had. I thought you were going to feel like it took too long to get into the ending because they do feel like two different movies. Yeah, they do. I thought yeah. it was going to be like another audition situation. <laughs> but it, but this was good, Greg. The audition was bad. <laughs> it was boring. It was terrible. I had to read everything. God, I damn. believe I liked audition better than this movie. You did. You did. You had to have. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't know. I got a control find. <laughs> uh, audition. You gave it a 4.7. Yep. Oh, they're Not closer than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're close. I gave that they're a close. 3.2. Audition's biggest problem was how uneven it was. It's boring. And also the fact that they set up a whole audition to get this guy a woman, like they couldn't try speed dating first or something. Do they yeah. have speed dating in Japan? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know, but that you really should be ashamed of yourself, man. This movie, this movie was like the little Canadian engine that could, dude, and it fucking did it. I, it couldn't. Just... That's the problem. It couldn't <laughs> get up that hill. It just Damn, rolled dude. right back down to the bottom. It tried. It tried with all its might, but it doesn't have the steam to make it over that hill, man. Fifteen grand doesn't matter to me. Fifteen grand. It does not matter to me. All I care about is what is on the screen in front of me. You're full of crap. I'm sure if I wasn't drunk right now, I could probably think of several movies where you tried to defend it because, oh, look at the budget and what they did. No, I don't do that, man. (laughs) You do that. that. You do do that that. with paranormal activity. You're always like, oh, they didn't have a budget. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, they didn't have a story either. Okay, be that as we're not talking about elite paranormal activity. Anymore. We're not talking about paranormal activity. Throw shots at it for nothing. Didn't do anything. Uh, That's the complaint, I think. It's exactly the complaint. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I think that moved. 
you know, rewind, I, it. rewind it. Let's see if that moved. <laughs> I really should have picked a paranormal activity movie for my birthday pick. I really should. Ca- you should uh, have because you would have watched it. <laughs> Rob, if I uh, if I would have pulled like paranormal activity one, two or three, would I still have gotten kiss meets the whatever? Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah, I probably should have did it. Uh, yeah, man, that's fucked up. I don't know. I don't know how you could not take budget into consideration. Because it doesn't, I only care about what's on the screen. You're showing, you have made a movie, you've released it to the world and said, this is my movie. You like And that's the, what I'm watching. You're like one of the judges on Cutthroat Kitchen. You ever see Cutthroat Kitchen? No. A phenomenal game, uh, show. It's whoa, like whoa, 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 whoa. Mr. Reality Show over there has seen Cutthroat Kitchen. I've never Kitchen. even heard of that. And he's turning his nose at it, too. Yeah, no, I don't you this. sounded I, so indignant. Right? <laughs> I don't, because I don't watch cooking shows. This is a good one. They they give you like these ridiculous things that you have to do while cooking. Like you go in, you get you know short period of time to grab all the shit you need. You go back, and then it's like auctions where you can switch everybody's pasta with like uh pasta that's glued onto like a fucking construction paper, like a child's art project. They have to scrape it all off, or you have to cook through a fucking hose and shit it was crazy and at the end the judge would come out and he doesn't want to hear shit about what you had to go through he just wants to see what you made and eat it and judge it they don't give a fuck about what you had held you had to go some people had to cook fucking full-blown meals through a hose dude all right fine i'm i'm with it man that's the the final product is the only thing that i have to judge that's fucked up that's Nothing else up. matters. I always looked at those poor people and, was, and that judge, and he was a dick, and it's like, oh, this is overcooked. It's like, man, he had to do it in like you know a thimble or whatever the hell. It's like you don't know what the <laughs> man had to go through to produce. Cat, you like Cutthroat Kitchen? Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite cooking show because it doesn't have uh. <laughs> I I rate my cooking shows based off of how much Gordon Ramsay is there, but oh, God. I've seen God. it. <laughs> I never even heard of it. I don't watch much of those cooking shows, though, because, like, at the end, they judge the food, but I don't get to taste the food, so I don't know what it tastes like. You know? No. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to judge it. Yeah. I know it looks good, though. It makes me hungry when I see it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about, because for a while I was watching, like, the baking shows, but then it's like, I'm sitting on my couch eating, <laughs> like, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> chips. <laughs> it's like, man... <laughs> Yeah. No one ever bakes me a cake. <laughs> yeah, I hate that shit. You're sitting there watching stuff and you're like, oh my God, that looks good. And you're drooling. Then you next thing you know, you're hungry. And all you got is like a You've box got, like, of like an old Kit Kat bar in the yeah. fridge. Uh, well, shit, this uh, isn't chicken cordon bleu. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Cutthroat Kitchen was amazing and I miss it but th- this movie was good and Rob you should be you seriously like I say you should be ashamed of yourself 4. Some of your that's bad dude that's what it gets it's got a 4.3 and it has to live with that <laughs> I want you to sit and think about what you did when we get off here you also have to live with that Rob yeah it's not good and the people who made it should not feel good <laughs> that's fucked up man <laughs> that was harsh but yeah know, I mean, all I can do is judge the movie, and that's what I thought of the movie. You gave, where is it? You gave (laughs) Kiss meets the whatever, the whatever, whatever. 
A 6.1. Because <laughs> that movie was fun as shit. No, you gave that movie. Nobody in that movie could act. Not one fucking person. The cameraman probably couldn't even hold a camera. And you gave that thing a 6.1. All of that could be true, and they still made a masterpiece. You've besmirched the Portnoy's forever. <laughs> That's Damn a good movie. movie. That movie is no. fun as hell. The effects yeah. looking good. Okay, for another point of reference, you also gave Prowler a 6.1, and that movie was yeah. not fun as hell. I sucked. like Prowler. Prowler's <laughs> a good movie. You guys are out of your mind. No. And this is a 4.3. You should be ashamed of yourself. Seriously. That's 4.3. 4.3. Wow. I had to stop and check the time at least three times in this Unbelievable. movie. <laughs> I feel like we should hardcore him just for this. Like, just fuck. <sighs> Hold on. Budget. Prowler had a million dollar budget in the 80s, man. I don't care. So I put budgets on the Portnoy sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Just go through all 60 something lines. Budgets on there. All right. Well, Jinx. Uh, I want you to know, Jinx, as far as I'm concerned, this is not a Canadian movie. It yeah, takes block. place in Pontypool, Canada. No, no, I'm blocking it out. That doesn't. That's not true. It doesn't exist to me. There's Pontypool, Milwaukee, and that's where the movie took place. And this is a Milwaukee movie. Jinx, there. thank you for a very good pick. Yeah, thanks, Jinx. See, Jinx comes with some good shit. And mm. patrons, thank you for giving us a good pick, even if Rob is being mean about it. Just, I'm not being mean about it. <laughs> I just, I expected the movie to, you know, reach its potential, and it didn't. It's tough love is what it is. <laughs> also, not all the patrons gave good picks. I would not like to thank Chris for his pick. Was Chris Tetsuo? Yeah. It's fine. No. It is not fine. No, <laughs> it's I all right. Not, I do not thank Chris for his pick. I don't know what Greg picked. I, I don't never seen contracted, but I I don't want to thank him either just in case because it's Greg. And I don't know if I could trust Nesto. Nesto's trying to fuck Rob and me and Kat are gonna be a casualty of that one. I don't even know why. Nesto is such a nice guy. Heart of gold on that one. I think mm -hmm. if he really wanted to get under Rob's skin, apparently he really hated Tetsuo. We missed the opportunity. I don't want to watch it either. It's Dude, you'll, Tetsu, you'll seriously, that movie doesn't sniff a four. <laughs> Apparently, this one, I mean, this one barely does, too. See, you're putting this on the level of that. Come on now, man. What? Mm -mm. What? You're putting this on the same level as, as fucking, you know, it, it doesn't sniff a four. This one barely sniffed a four. Pontypool. This one got a four, four point three. Barely. That ain't bad. Four point three. Come on. It's not good. <laughs> That's a solid four. It's point seven below average, and I feel like that's a little bit. I I feel like that's harsh. I felt like the movie was below average. The fact that this didn't get a minimum of a five is like it's a below average film. Me and Kat, like, the show should be ending right now. We're just, like, sitting here. We can't <laughs> yeah. fucking believe you. We're I know you guys are badgering me about the Portnoy. You're not going to change my mind. The movie is what the movie is. I watched it. 
Like we're sitting here like just in shock and staring at you like you you should be ashamed of yourself. You don't care. The funny thing is all the complaints I had Kat agreed with and then gave it some ridiculous score. Because it, I didn't give it a ridiculous score, I don't think. It, I gave it no. 0.4 higher than Mikey. Right, I, and Mikey gave it a ridiculous <laughs> score. I think it, all of the complaints that you had that I agreed with made it more realistic. I think that's what it would be like trying to figure out a mystery when you're locked in to that radio station. I like. So you think that you think I, the I score think swells up at inappropriate times when you're trying to figure out a mystery? Yes. <laughs> when you're in a radio station, absolutely. <laughs> I'd be pressing buttons too. That. That's what would have made Pool perfect is if the score could have been explained by someone that was just accidentally hitting buttons at the worst possible <laughs> time. I'd like to point out I'm the only one here with real life radio experience. Just saying, I'm sort of an authority on this movie. And it's a 4.3. It's not to do with the, the authority <laughs> on the movie. I'm trying to bring some veracity to your your damn shitty score. Well, that's a poor, that's a Patreon pick. I still can't believe it. Uh, if you would like to, uh, to where we're kind of on a roll on Patreon, we have Miki that joined recently. We had uh, Nick that joined recently. Uh, guys, if you like what you hear and all that stuff, there's extra content on Patreon, Easter egg content, behind the scenes stuff every week. Uh, an extra show. We, we played Horror Jeopardy this week. We did. We did. Yeah, came with a visual. So uh, you'll be able to watch along, listen along. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Might be a mainstay. I spent $5 on it, so I got to get at least $5 worth of Horror Jeopardy. Uh, what else? What did you make? get today? About 37 cents? <laughs> I don't even know. You won, so, well, I can't. I got to bleep that. Can't give it. Oh, no, that'll be out already. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. go a cat one. I won. Oh yeah, that's right. You won at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just won overall. <laughs> Rob just always thinks he wins. She won the game, but I I just won the whole show overall. Yeah, that was a that was a a surprise twist to the end of Hard Jeopardy <laughs> too. So yeah, a, a drunken comeback. <laughs> a drunken comeback. Uh, that's why she gave it a crazy score. She's drunk as hell. <laughs> I, w- I wrote down my port away when I... That was the only note that I took. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, unboxing videos. Uh, I have an unboxing video that's going to be out by the time this is out. Um, Did you put my newest one up? Yeah, I was just going to say, Rob, I'm kind of stretching them out by every week. So mm-hmm. there's one new one every week. So mine will be out this week. Yours will be out next week. All right. So, so mine got a giveaway going with it. The mine too. Okay. Right. So then that's another thing. Yeah, giveaways. Uh only way to be eligible is be a member of the Patreon. So uh uh make sure you head over to patreon.com forward slash slash radio, at least check it out. You know, at bare minimum. Just check it out. It's free to do that. Uh you get extra content and you win free shit sometimes. So uh head over there, uh slash radio dot com. You can check out all of our articles, episodes, interviews. Uh and you can check me out at Mikey's Dead. Rob would be checking you out. I'm on Twitter at Radio Rob one two three, and you can catch this horror life wherever you are listening to Slasher Radio. Yeah, this horror life where he does not say free. Where I made it, see now you're doing more work for yourself. Also, <laughs> I might as well at this point. This episode's gone to shit. Rob ruined it.
But yeah, listen to this horror life. Uh, I made Rob read a book. What? <laughs> really? Okay, he'd already read the book, but oh. <laughs> I tricked him into joining a book club. <laughs> Joined a book yeah. club? Yeah, yeah, it goes great. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck did you do that for? I don't. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> you just wake up and you, rem- you remember the book club now. Pretty much, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly how it happened. And you'll be able to hear that episode <laughs> as soon as I get it edited and out. But you know, it's hysterical. Like some people drug people and like you know take their <laughs> kidney or like you wake up and your butt hurts. Like you never know what people will do to you when you drug you when you're asleep. Cat makes you join a book club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, did you hear anything about the mascot thing, Rob? No, I forgot where we left off with that. You said that there was like a form or something that had to be submitted. There's a whole proposal thing. It's yeah. a mess. It's a mess. So what are we doing with the proposal? It's, it's a mess. We got to write up a thing. You, we need. You need a petition. Like yeah, we're gonna start one. I'll start one. You keep dicking me around. I'm gonna have to start one. All right, we we'll start what you need. Right. The panel of judges aren't going to like that. I'm clearly not taking this seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. You can, I, like, I can make a whole little outfit and, you know, hold one of the signs and spin it around. And you just won't let this happen. Okay. That sounds horrifying. Sounds fun. <laughs> Imagine me outside your window while you're recording something. <laughs> you know, like I could have a tail and everything, man. <laughs> Uh, speaking of tails, cat, where are they finding you? Uh, you can find my Twitter at cat v- underscore velour v o l e u r. You can also check out my website catvelour.com. We'll be back next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best of Slasher Radio podcast. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.